Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, Brunning, Bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? We are almost done with week six, which feels crazy to say. We've got two games. One, I believe, is going to start here any minute. And then uh, we've got uh, another good Monday night football game. Matt is here with me. We will be going over all of the games that we saw Sunday on the week six slate. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like, uh, you know, when I was listening to the Friday show, I missed the group therapy session at the beginning for you and Dennis about the busyness of the schedule. But believe me, I felt it. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, you know, I guess it wasn't too bad. It was a, it was a fun little episode. We called the Andre Swift breakout game. So that was fun. We, we I know that worked kinda- out good. Talked about that. Um, well, it's funny. I said that I thought DeAndre Swift could have a breakout game, and then we both did kind of admit that, well, it is also Matt Patricia, and he's a stubborn asshole, so he might just give Adrian Peterson 30 carries and Swift get none. But Hey, hey you, you could know, do both, apparently. That is true. I only wish I would have listened to myself and started DeAndre Swift in the leagues I had him. Instead of Damian Harris, I might be in a better spot than I am in some of the leagues that I'm in, but that's what I get, right? I, you know give all this advice to everybody else and I don't take it myself and it ends up hurting me. Let's go ahead and start right there with that game. The Broncos beating the Patriots 18 to 12. Lock get you three points. Lindsay 10, Tim Patrick 14 and Albert. O. King Albert six points. Do you think with what we saw out of Albert? O yesterday, does he have any kind of role moving forward once Fant comes back? Yeah. You know, I thought early in the season they were trying to get Jake Butt kind of involved as a second tight end with uh, Noah Fant. And yesterday I thought it was going to be Butt that kind of got a little bit of the bump uh, with Fant out, but Alberto finally healthy. Um, Turns out that's really the reason he hasn't been active more. And obviously you could see that connection with Locke that they have going back from being college teammates. He was looking for him a lot. He was sending the ball his way a lot. Um, he could have had a beautiful touchdown catch. Albert just kind of was pulling it in and it got knocked away on a good defensive play at the end, or it could have been a bigger day. But I think those two guys um, have a chance to be really successful. I like the way Tim Patrick's coming along. The one that that seems to be taking a little bit more time to kind of get involved and get going is Judy uh, for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I would say Tim Patrick has almost like it seems like secured himself a role with the way he's been. He playing. looked like Sutton yesterday with those deep. Yeah, balls. I mean, he was taking them away. He was doing 
and, and to do that on Locke Stephon Gilmore, for. yeah, and to do yeah. that on Stephon Gilmore is pretty impressive. Yeah, if you ended up getting Tim Patrick off the waiver wire, you are you're fairly happy with the production that he's given you right now. Yeah, I mean, I could see Alberto having some kind of of role once Fant comes back, just because really outside of Tim Patrick, with like what you just said, with Judy, just not like he's had a couple of good games, but nothing that stands out. Maybe he leans more on on those two tight ends, but I think. Just with the way it seems like they want to run this offense, I would think it's going to be more Patrick and Fant when he comes back than maybe Albert O. But, I mean, I, I liked Albert O coming out. We had uh, John Lobb on earlier in the year. He was a big fan of Albert O before, obviously, we knew where he was getting drafted. He said he felt he was uh, one of the more athletic tight ends to come out in this class. So, Well, what's interesting to me, too, I think this is where you're seeing a young guy in Drew Locke and the lack of an offseason preseason. Yeah. Patrick is a guy he played with all of all of last year and threw a lot to Fant. He played with last year. Albert O. He played with in college. He put the guy up in his house. Lindsey and and Freeman. He played with last year. There's just a seeming difference to me in how comfortable he feels engaging with these players. Judy, not somebody he played with last year. Not somebody he got to work with a, in a normal off season. They're still feeling each other out. You get that with Butt, who has been injured. This whole time, you know, trying to work him in. Vanette, who came over. Gordon, who came over. I think you see, especially when it's kind of pressure time, Locke tends to be looking for the guys that I feel like he knows and has a connection with. Yeah. On uh, the Patriots side here, Newton, 18 points. Damian Harris, 4. James White, 15. And Julian Edelman, 4. Uh, the Patriots did not look good at all in this offense. Um, as I would imagine, you've watched the game now. Have you seen? Because I only watched bits and pieces of this one. Oh, I, was, I watched uh, the whole the whole game, yeah. flipping I back and forth it. between the massacre that happened yesterday as well. So, um, was this more the Patriots looking bad? Denver's defense looking good? If it was whichever one it is, who are you trusting on this offense moving forward? I think we're really back into kind of a tough situation with the Patriots' offense. Their offensive line is is beat up. They made some adjustments at halftime that also didn't work. Denver has a decent defense and they've been doing, you know, better. But I I think this is a combination. Denver's defense came out hard. Cam may be a little rusty on the throws, but there was a lot of notation that they don't have very good receiving group. Uh, And seems like teams now are really keying in on the running game, uh, loading up to try to stop. And that's kind of what happened on that fourth down play. Denver sent their two safeties and sealed the outside edges. So Cam couldn't run and he couldn't find anyone to throw the ball to. So I I do have some concerns moving forward. James White looks like he'll probably be the safest play because he's getting some of those passes. Harris uh, didn't look great. I mean, he looked better the week before when they or the game before when they were playing a softer front. So maybe, you know, when they play the Jets. I think you can run all those running backs with confidence, but some of the elite teams, the Patriots don't look that great right now. Their defense has had some hard times too, stopping the run and, and bottling teams up. So there's, there's definitely concerns. Cam seems to me to be a little bit uh, of dud proof. He looked like he was having to have a super dud yesterday turning, you know, with interceptions and stuff with that running he caught a pass. He ran in for a touchdown. I think the fact that he's kind of their goal line back um, 
he got the longer rushing touchdown, but then they, when they were down there in the red zone area, Cam is the one they're trying to run with, not the running backs. I think that hurts Harris. Um, you know, somebody who probably needs a touchdown to really excel since the passing game work seems to go to other running backs. I, I had thought Harris looked good in his first game. I was a little concerned yesterday too. It looked like at times when Burkhead was back there running that he had a little bit more pop. And I don't know if it's just because he's smaller and able to squeeze through. Um, but Patriots, you know, not looking good, probably back to being an offense that unfortunately you have to be a little careful about even in the passing game Edelman in the past has been virtually matchup proof and that doesn't seem to be the yeah. case anymore. yeah I mean we and we talked about that too with these running backs that cam it, you know it's a lot like Josh Allen when they get down in the red zone you know you're going to have some of those those touchdowns vultured by them uh, I mean obviously I had high hopes for Harris there was part of me thought maybe with them putting Sony Michelle on the uh the IR was going to help lead to Harris getting more carries. Part did you see he went to COVID IR now? No, I did not see that part. But they transferred yeah. Michelle to the COVID list. I mean, part part of me is looking at that, hoping that that is just something of you know maybe it's just Denver's defense is that good against the run, and that's why Harris didn't look great. But I paid a lot for him. I need him to turn it out for me, buddy. So if you're listening, please. Please, dear Lord, my fantasy teams are struggling. I need you. I need you, Harris. I need you. It's just disappointing that they have no consistency from game to game. Yeah. Next up, what turned out to be a really good game, the Texans and the Titans. The Titans win this one 42 to 36. On Houston's side, Watson 32 points. Duke John, I'm sorry, David Johnson, 13 points. Will Fuller, 24. Brandon Cooks, 21. And Darren Fells, 20. Now that Bill O'Brien is gone, are the Texans finding a groove on offense? You know, they certainly have looked better the last two weeks. David Johnson got into the end zone. I was curious during the week, Romeo Cornell said that they wanted to get Duke Johnson more involved, and we thought that was going to be at the expense of David Johnson. Doesn't seem like Duke really got more involved and didn't seem like David Johnson really fell off more uh, than what he has been. Um, You know, if he scores a touchdown, he makes your day. If not, uh, I think the biggest benefit for the Texans, Watson's still really good. He seems to be finding a groove with Fuller, Cooks, and Cobb, which were kind of the guys we thought eventually they would get into. And maybe it, a brutal schedule combined with no offseason really took him a little while to get going. Um, I thought Fuller's looked good. He's managed to stay healthy. He's been out there every week. That's been good. Brandon Cooks seems like he's kind of finding a groove. And Cobb there is that third receiver. The Texans' schedule, it's hard to imagine it getting any more difficult than it's been to start. So I think they'll start getting some of these softer games and hopefully you can go back to being able to play Watson the way you were expecting. I think Fuller's still a good play. Cook seems like he's back to being an okay play. I mean, I'm still a little sketchy about trusting him because he had so many games where he was not there for the Texans, but it does seem like they're kind of figuring it out and they, from the eye test, they seem like they've played better the last couple of games with the coaching change, even though they lost yesterday, pushing them into overtime uh, and playing pretty strong, putting up some good offensive numbers. Yeah, um, you know, I, I mentioned it on the, the podcast Friday with Dennis. Obviously, Darren Fells is someone you can definitely start when Akins isn't playing. Uh, seems like whenever one of those guys isn't in, you can play them. 
I did kind of miss what you were saying there about cooks. I'm having issues with my TV. It is not working and I'm not happy about that right now. Um, but, um, well, I just yeah. said I'm almost to the place where I feel like cooks is a start again. He's had a couple of shitty games, but he seems like you're getting into a groove. I feel like maybe the hard schedule combined with, you know, not having a regular off season, he's yeah. figuring out cooks and Cobb and they're figuring out how to play together. They do seem to be, maybe they just have a little more lightness. I don't know. Some of the reports of behind the scenes stuff, you have to wonder if that didn't weigh on them more with Bill O'Brien than just who was there and calling plays. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of, I don't know. He was on the waiver wire in a couple of my leagues and I didn't grab him because I wasn't sure he was going to do anything. And now I'm kind of wishing I did because I really could use a, a wide receiver. I mean, they've looked good. I mean, Fuller too. Fuller, I think, is sitting mm-hmm. at wide receiver six on the season right now. And that's Staying what the healthy. zero that's yeah. what the zero one is uh, on the docket there as well. They they've definitely looked good. I think I don't want to say having a bad defense because their defense hasn't been horrible, but I think the fact that they've been in so many shootouts is also helping this offense as well. Because you have a you know a good quarterback in Watson that can can distribute the ball the way that he does. On Tennessee's side, Tannehill thirty points, Derrick Henry forty, AJ Brown twenty two, Adam Humphreys eighteen, Jonu Smith just two, and Anthony Ferkser. 25. Donner Smith did that to you on purpose, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, he got hurt, so I can't, I'm not going to hold that against him. I, I oh, did uh, he get hurt? Yeah, ankle sprain. Okay. Yeah, it was like in the early in the second quarter, it's an ankle sprain. I think that's, I saw a report earlier today saying it's just like a mild ankle sprain. He should be good to go by this week. But yeah, he got early in the second quarter, got that ankle injury. And then Anthony Ferkser puts up 25 points. So I think John, who still would have had a really good game had he been out there. Uh, but is Ryan Tannehill a QB one for you the rest of the season? I think so. They, they're throwing a lot, you know, and yeah. Corey Davis got, uh, came back off COVID IR. I know Corey Davis doesn't make people's heart leap, but I mean, it just gives him another receiver. We've seen what Adam Humphreys has done, what Davis has done. Brown looks incredible coming back. Uh, Derek Henry was a beast on the ground, but also had a couple of nice swing passes. Uh, yeah. Tannehill in a year where just so much garbage and inconsistency. I mean, you had guys like Aaron Rodgers put up sub five points yesterday. Yeah. Tannehill doesn't seem to be killing you with these interceptions. He doesn't always throw three or four touchdowns, although lately Tennessee's defense has seemed very friendly to opposing offenses. So he's putting up there. He can run a little bit. I think he has a pretty safe floor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Tannehill is, if he's like one of those QBs you got late, you are very happy right now. Cause he is likely going to be a QB one as long as he stays healthy. I think they've done a really good job of building this offense and using his strengths to it as well. Adding some of the receivers that they've added. Derek Henry compliments him well on this offense. It's a very well-rounded team altogether. Um, something I will, will touch on more Friday, uh, just to be on the safe side, but let's say Jonu Smith isn't going to be back. Would you feel safe plugging in Ferkser for Smith? We've seen him over the past couple seasons have some pretty good games when he's been the starter. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad option, especially tight end. Uh, Even guys you think you you think you should be able so Ertz is gone now, which we'll talk about. That yeah. that you know, Ertz and Goddard both gone. Uh, so that's that's going to blow. Mike Gusecki apparently is not as good as Adam Sheehan, who I'm sure or whoever about that other guy was on that team. So I I mean guys that you thought we don't know how Fant's gonna if he's healthy and what's going to happen. You know Hawkinson seems to come and go beyond Kelsey. I mean even Andrews 
he's had some amazing games and he's had some dud games beyond Kelsey and Kittle and sort of Waller. I don't know that there are any great, you know, Drew Sample looked good for a game yesterday. Didn't even get a target. Logan Thomas, I left for dead, got 13 points. Tight end is a gamble. Yeah. I'm almost starting to think if maybe it's time to, uh, to reverse that thought process on you're wasting your second round pick when you grab the guys like uh like Kittle and Kelsey because right now if you have Kittle or Kelsey like yeah you may not have gotten a good yeah. wide receiver but if you went like say a well Chubb got hurt so I'm trying to get but you know I I don't even know so let's say that the top four pretty much uh, yeah. coming into the season were Kelsey Kittle Andrews and Waller. Waller had a game where the Patriots completely took him away. Zeroed you out. Kittle missed a couple of games to injury. He's been pretty good when he's been in. He had one dud game when he's played, but he missed a couple. Andrews has been up and down. So even if you spent to get those guys that seem like locks, you've had weeks where you kind of got boned. Yeah. Yeah, true, but at the same time, Kittle, I mean, he's averaging 20 points a game right now at the tight end position. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey's I mean, been the one. Hey, you don't have and to tell me I'm back with three and three and Scott Fishbowl or will be three and three and Scott Fishbowl because Kelsey has come back to life. And Ronald Jones, now who looks like the man for being the highest in the country? I'm, gonna, I'm, going, I'm going to lose by like five points in Scott Fishbowl because my best friend Mark Ingram got me a whopping two points yesterday before the ankle injury. And I'm just, I just saw a notice pop up my phone that he's going to play in week seven. I'm like, that's great. I don't care. You've done nothing for me all season long. Like, well, I wish I wouldn't have drafted you. The real bummer yesterday was saying that even if Andrews or even if Ingram goes out, Dobbins may not be the beneficiary because Edwards yep. was the one that they were like, hey, we need to get on the Gus bus. I know, I know. It's just, I hate fantasy football. That's just all I have to say on that. Uh, Colts, Bengals, the Colts pull off the win here. Uh, coming back late, 31-27. Joe Burrow, 16 points. Mixon, 14. Bernard, 11. T. Higgins, 18. A.J. Green, 17. And Tyler Boyd, 12. A week after we hear all the trade rumors about A.J. Green, he comes out and has a big game. I'm wondering if that's maybe because Cincinnati was trying to get him involved so that they could move him. Do you think you should move him in your fantasy leagues as well? 100%. We, we talked about this. I was waiting for him to have a good game, and this might be as good as it gets. I'm going to put him on the block and see what I can get because I don't trust a consistent role there going forward, and who knows what happens if, even if he gets moved – if that works out, if he, you know, he may not have a ton left, to be honest. Yeah. He's 31. He's had a long history of lower body and leg injuries that caused him to miss quite a bit of time. Um, you know, I think probably the biggest takeaway yesterday was Gio Bernard doing all that he could to make it feel like you have another running back option in case you need to bench Harris. Trust me, I know. Had I just played, had I just not even made that trade, I'd still have a first round pick, Preston Williams, and I could have played Gio Gio Bernard yesterday, and and I would likely win. I still have a shot. I've got to get what is it again? I think seventy points from. Is it seventy points here? I don't know. 
since my fantasy league's all that really matters to me, I'm going to pull it up and talk about it because it's been a stressful day. It's been so bad. I mean, for those that, for those of you watching us, thank you. It is zero zero with ten minutes left in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, you have to keep me a, because my TV is literally not working and I cannot figure out why. At it's the moment, zero so. zero. Both teams have had a possession. Both have punted. It's so raining. I need forty five points from Josh Allen, Zeke Elliott, DeAndre Hopkins, and Zane Gonzalez. So naturally, I'm going to get forty four point eight and lose just like I did last week. So that's that's what's going to happen. But yeah, uh, not thrilled. Not thrilled. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you. If you can sell AJ green, sell him. Um, you know, you might have some owners who were probably not willing to pay for him because he's really only had the one good game at this point. I mean, I wouldn't say I'd take like a used sock for him, but I would take whatever I can get for him because I just, I, I do think so what be- is that whatever that you would, I try might be a- two or three. I think a two yeah. might be too much, but if I could get a three, I mean, I don't know how many of you guys follow Travis May. He does a lot of college football stuff, um, college football podcast. He posted uh, the projected, because obviously some of these players could come back, but he posted a projected wide receiver class for this year. There was an easy like 26 wide receivers that I'd be happy to draft on that list. And that's not even counting the running backs. There's actually a good tight end class this year, quarterback. So, this is going to be a, a good draft class. Now, not all those guys are going to be studs, obviously. I think there's probably, off the top of my head, six guys I think could be wide receiver ones. A lot of those other guys probably wide receiver twos, threes, but that matters for fantasy, especially when you're hurt in depth like I am right now. Uh, so a third-round pick, if you can get that for A.J. Green, I'd do it. I mean, you never know. You could end up turning around that third-round pick and Damian Harris and Deontay Johnson like I did, just throwing a first and a, and uh, Preston Williams on there. And Hey, look, you got yourself a deal. On Indy's side, Philip Rivers, 24 points, Jonathan Taylor, 15, Trey Burton, 21 points, and Jack Doyle, 9. Uh, Rivers looked a little bit better in this one than he has so far this season. Still nothing from T.Y. Hilton. Is he droppable for you in redraft leagues? Yes, he is. I mean, the fact that T.Y. Hilton was like the fourth most productive receiver on their team in a game where the big thing was Rivers doesn't throw. They're not doing any pass on It's through 371. He got Pascal. He got Marcus Johnson involved. I, it's not happening for T.Y. Hilton. He was incredible when he was with Luck. He has not been very effective with any other quarterback there. Maybe he needs a new team or something, but it just. He needs Jacob Eason. That's what he needs. Well, I don't fathom that there's any Herbert position Ted. where you feel good about playing him. So no, yeah, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm with you in redraft. I think at this point, although, you know, I would have said the same thing about Brandon cooks a couple weeks ago. And then here comes Brandon cooks, but I don't with Phillip rivers at quarterback. I don't necessarily see that kind of bounce back. I guess the other big question would be, this is now like the second week in a row. Mo Alley Cox has done absolutely nothing, but we've seen Trey Burton, Trey Burton kind of coming on here. Mo, Mo Alley Cox was out with an injury. Was he? Okay. Uh, is Burton trending toward a guy you might want to grab as a tight end? Yeah, it certainly seems like Burton's got more appeal than um, Doyle. Yeah. And Burton may actually end up being, you know, they talked about how they liked Trey Burton. He was going to be so involved. It seemed hard to believe after seeing what we saw with the Bears. But this, he does seem to be back to kind of where he was with the Eagles. And wasn't Reich the offensive coordinator yes. in Philadelphia when they were? So maybe it's a player he knows and knows how to use and to get what he wants. 
he was injured to start the season, which is why he wasn't available. But I, he definitely seems like he might be one of the better passing game options there. Yeah, and I mean, they went to him heavily in that Cleveland game as well. I, I remember watching that and be like, my God, like, can anybody stop Trey Burton? So, yeah, I would, if you're, you know, if you're hoping to start Mike Gusecki or Hayden Hurst like me, you might as well throw in a guy like Trey Burton too and hope for the best because, my God. the That's just further, further ex- uh, you know, examples of tight end being. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because speaking of Hayden Hurst, my best friend there, uh, him and the Falcons won against the Vikings 42-23. Matt Ryan, 31 points. Todd Gurley, 9. Julio Jones came back with a vengeance, 33 points. Calvin Ridley, 18. And Hayden Hurst, 15. The Falcons get back on track in this one and look good with Raheem Morris as the head coach. Do you think that they keep their foot on the gas? And much like we just mentioned with Bill O'Brien, was maybe Dan Quinn the, the problem with this team? Yeah, so Raheem Morris, uh, I guess, said, you know, we are not putting teams away. We take our foot off the gas, and we got, and we've got to just keep the keep our foot down and put games away. And that seemed like what they did. You know, you saw Minnesota trying to come back a little bit. Obviously, not the most stout defense, um, yeah. but the offense looks better. They got their pieces back together. Um, scoring points hasn't been their problem. They looked really good on the other side of the ball, which. I don't know if that's they finally figured it out or if Minnesota's just that bad. I'm tending toward Minnesota's just that bad. Um, because I think Cousins had that kind of performance against Seattle, who we've seen be very generous on defense as well. But you know, offensively, if they're gonna keep throwing, you know, is a good example that fourth fourth down play instead of punting or trying a field goal or something, they actually went for it and they threw the ball and got a huge touchdown with Julio Jones. I mean, if that's what they're going to do, um, that'll be good for fantasy, probably be better for them. But at one and five, seeing how that division is trending, I think they're pretty far out of playoff contention. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say too, you're one and five, so why not? Might as well just do whatever you can to try and win games at this point. Uh, Hayden Hurst, I have a, Thanks, buddy. That's all I have to say to you. Finally give up on him, put him on my bench, and he gets 15 points. Like, I don't I don't even know what to do. Would well, you even trust Hayden him? Spent all, Hayden spent all of last week getting his coach fired so he would have a better shot for you, and then you just you gave know? up on him. Well, everybody's giving up on him. Uh, I mean, any trust no. in Hayden Hurst at all anymore? Is this just the Vikings defense? I mean, he hasn't been horrible. No, but, but he has good. I mean, let's wait and see when they play some more stout defense. Or he's had a couple of games like this. First of all, I wouldn't say he lit the world on fire. Fifteen points. No, is, he did. Is good, but it's you know it is what it is. I just he's had a couple of games that were okay, kind of in this range this season, and then disappeared. We got to see some consistency from Atlanta. Period. Um, I did. I did was encouraged by Julio Jones because I was one that was a little reserved on Julio Jones going in just because they talked about him being injured preseason. We've seen this linger. We saw the pass offense was having some struggles. It seemed like Ridley was the guy and all of a sudden Julio Jones back to vintage. I'm number one. Why did you ever doubt me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm happy for him. I'm going up against him in that league. So I'm not, <laughs> not thrilled that he came back that well, but you know, I am happy for him. I, I, I like Julio Jones as a player <laughs> on a Minnesota side here. Kirk cousins, 23 points, Alexander Madison, four, Justin Jefferson, 39, Adam Thielen, 14. And thank God Irv Smith actually came through with 11 points. I, I did have to start him in a league. 
Um, I mean, what are we doing? The Vikings, they look bad, and the Falcons' defense is bad. They're one of those defenses we talk about as a get-right game. I mean, I don't... Well, and Cousins... Three interceptions, three Something's touchdowns. Something's going on. Well, yeah. and the, it was the first pass of the, the game, and post-game he said, if I continue to play the way I am, I won't finish the season. Yeah. Like calling himself well, yeah, out I, I don't but they don't really have anybody to replace him with so that was yeah. that was like good ownership of your suckage but not realistic are they putting nate stanley in i don't i don't think no. that's happening i mean they kind of got to ride or die with them right now and it looks like they might they might die and be in line to get to get a quarterback you were one that, that thought that they were going to have some major problems i thought yeah. they would be middle of the pack they look like they're tending toward more major problems. If you can't win at home against an Atlanta defense that, you know, Atlanta looks better yesterday. Maybe the coaching change fired them up a little bit, but Raheem Morris was their defensive coordinator yeah. and was, you know, the guy helping put that together. And it had, you know, I just Minnesota has got yeah, some massive bad. problems and, the most disappointing was probably um, the running back situation, Addison, because I think we all had him as a potential top five play. He looked great yeah. spelling Cook, and you thought against Atlanta they couldn't run at all. Uh, so Kirk Cousins is a problem. He's not their only problem, though. I mean, their line leaves it's a lot horrible. to be desired. They they don't look <laughs> good in any phase of the game. I think you are 100% correct that they might be rethinking that extension. Yeah, that was – that was my biggest thing. I did not think that they were by the end of this year they were going to be regretting that Mike Zimmer extension. That's like um, buying a Porsche uh, on Cars.com and having them ship you a Yugo. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, Madison, I'm not. I don't think it was a bad call. I think it more became because of how much they had to throw the ball in this one. It just kind of led toward Madison being left behind. I mean, again, it didn't help Kirk Cousins throwing three interceptions, allowing Landon to go down and score the way they did. Eventually, you get to the point, you know, much like that other massacre will eventually get to here, where you you get so far behind, you can't, you just can't run the ball anymore. You have to throw because you have to try and get quick scores. I think that's kind of what happened here with Madison. So let me. Let me ask you this question because we're going to get to this team next, but it certainly seems like Washington is in the mood to try to move Haskins. Does Minnesota become a potential landing spot? Because I did, you know, cousins hasn't seemed to be the answer. If you're, you don't like that idea. Oh no, I was looking at my son. Sorry. He was making a face at me. Um, no, I, I, I like Haskins, and I think he can be a starting quarterback. My fear with Haskins is he's trading one bad offensive line for another, and I don't know how much. Like, he's got better weapons, definitely, if he were to go to Minnesota. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all he really has in Washington, in my opinion, is McLaurin. I like Gibson. He needs to prove it, though, more. I mean, Cook's a proven good running back in the league, but both offensive lines are bad. I... I I would like to see just because I'm a Haskins fan. I, I do think he can be a good quarterback in the NFL. I don't, I honestly don't know where he would go. I, I could see that. Well, see, I feel like they're going to trade him before the deadline. There's, I was going to say, I could see that if Minnesota ends up being like the fifth or sixth pick, because we know, unless the, see, I don't even know, because I could honestly see the Giants going quarterback. It's, 
it's too hard to guess right now because uh, it, it, it's so weird trying to figure out who's going to be the worst team right now. Didn't the Giants want Haskins too at one point? Uh, there was talk about them We're going for them. Haskins, yes, but I think it seemed like. Um, and, I mean, it seems like he's probably not going to be their GM much longer. I forgot what Gettleman, his name is right Dave now. Gettleman. Yeah, he was all in on Daniel Jones, though. It seemed to well, be now he that was. That's our next game, so no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Washington uh, loses to the Giants in this one, 22-19. Kyle Allen, my goodness, my phone just went all the way back to the top. Kyle Allen, 16 points. J.D. McKissick, 14. Antonio Gibson, 9. Terry McLaurin, 14. And Logan Thomas, 13. Is this offense really better with Kyle Allen under center? Because they said it was going to be, and I don't really think that it is. I mean, I don't think they've turned over as much. Even that fumble that they would have won that game if it weren't for that strip fumble, which I know Kyle Allen did it, but I don't know that that was his fault. I don't know that those things were all – Haskins fault either. I my struggle is Haskins' best game was the one that led to him getting benched, in yeah. my opinion. Which makes it a little bit tough to you know, and there's rumors there were personality conflicts and that he had said a few things and that he had apprised his stats over other things that are probably not Ron Rivera things. I don't think they do look that much better and you would think playing the Giants would be more of an, you know, it's been a benefit to everybody else's offense. Yeah. And they didn't look super great yesterday. Yeah, I think for me, and we've kind of talked about, I mean, it's it good to see Logan Thomas have, uh, you know, a touchdown in this one. If you started him, he came through for you. But for me right now, it's just McLaurin. I think he's the only one you can trust on this offense. He's going to give fed. There's really no other wide receivers they seem uh, seem to really do anything, but I, I'm with you. I do not think that they look any better, uh, and I still don't understand the Haskins benching. Like, I get it if you're six, seven weeks in and you're 0 and 6, 0 and 7, and he's still turning the ball over, but against a good Ravens defense, he actually had a good game, and that's when you decide to bench. It makes no sense. On the Giants side, uh, Daniel Jones, 13 points, Devonta Freeman, six, Darius Slayton. 11, Golden Tate, 2, and Evan Ingram, 5. Uh, with, I mean, Slayton ends up having a good game here, has a nice touchdown, does turn, um, get a little bit of an ankle sprain, it looked like, after going toward the wall, after catching that touchdown. Is there a giant you feel comfortable starting moving forward? No, I mean, like, his good game was just under 12 points. Yeah. I just don't, they're not very consistent i the giants both new york teams are hideous for fantasy but if i had to pick i would say jameson crowder is the only player in new york that i feel comfortable starting at this point in time the giants just you know i heard you and dennis talking about it on friday we thought jones (coughs) had developed a connection with slayton last year it just doesn't seem like that's carried over there doesn't seem to be any consistency the play calling is not very good Ingram and Tate just aren't getting anything done. They're getting nothing out of the running game. Daniel Jones is woefully inconsistent. It's just pretty bad. But I will give you a game update. It is 3-0 Buffalo with four minutes and 20 seconds left in the first quarter. The Chiefs lost an offensive lineman, but they are driving. 
Oh, interesting. God, I really want to be watching this. I don't know why my TV is not working. It's driving me insane. Um, the Chiefs blocked you because they saw the jersey you're wearing. No, it's something. It keeps saying my my receiver is not connected to my whole thing. I have to go through this whole process, and I don't have time to do it right now. It's very frustrating. Like, why now? All of a sudden, is this happening to me? Um, yeah, I'm with you. I still like Slayton as probably a wide receiver three. I think you know we've talked about it before. If Barkley was still there, I think he had like a wide receiver two upside. You're probably going to get him. Mean, he's still gotten you in, even in his bad game, six to eight points. So, I mean, he's getting you points. He's just I not mean, getting I'd more you. say he's a wide receiver four. I think with Shepard coming back, he could that could boost him up a little bit because he's not going to get like right now, he's the only player they have to worry about covering. Where if Shepard comes back, that might help him a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I, I like Slayton. I'm going to keep believing in him, probably mostly too because I have to, because I own him in a couple places and I need him to come through for me. Uh, but I, I, he'd be the only one on that entire offense. I would, and I'm not saying feel comfortable, but I would like, okay, I'll put you in my lineup. Outside of him, I'm not, I'm not trusting anybody else. Even in a super flex, I'm starting any other position at the super flex spot instead of starting Daniel Jones. Uh, Ray- Travis Kelsey just got a touchdown, seven to three. Well, I'm assuming the extra point, but Ravens Eagles here, uh, 32, 28 for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, 28 points. Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, eight, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. We're, we stop calling him Hollywood by the way, cause he does nothing. Marquise Brown, nine points, Nick Boyle, 12, Mark Andrews, four. Actually, can we call him like Marquise Fresno Brown or something? Yeah, you we know, should like a shittier California <laughs> city. Doesn't deserve the Hollywood moniker there. Uh, Ingram gets hurt. Uh, it does seem like Gus Edwards is going to be the guy, not J.K. Dobbins. Uh, now, I, there was a uh, notice while we were recording earlier saying that uh, it looks like Ingram is going to be good to go for week seven. If he is not, is Gus Edwards the guy that you're playing? I mean, I'm still on the train of I'm not playing any of them because we haven't seen consistency and volume. About the, you know, Edwards if you take away the touchdown he got not much of a distinguishing factor between him and Ingram and Dobbins. They're all like two to five points. I don't know that that's really enough. So you're banking on touchdowns. If Ingram's out, I guess Edwards probably has the best chance of touchdowns, but legitimately the best chance of a rushing touchdown is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know. Because that 60-yarder that he took when I was playing against Lamar Jackson in a couple places really pissed me off. Really but sometimes off. sometimes you get a good game from Marquise Bakersfield-Brown. We got it. What's, wow. the wor- what's the worst city or the most disappointing city? We got to think. California? But stick, yeah, we'll no. stick with it, California. We have some time to think about it. But like, I don't know. I really don't know California that way. I probably could just like type it in my phone. Be like, what's the worst city in California? I'll do that here as we're talking about the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz gets 29 points. Miles Sanders, 12. Uh, Mr. Fulgham. I always forget his first name. Is it Troy? Travis. Travis. Why do I always want to call him Troy Fulgham for some reason? Travis Fulgham, 19 points. And Zach Ertz, 7 Ertz injured and is likely going to miss a couple weeks. I believe it was three in what I saw earlier. Three to four. Uh, Sanders is going to be out Thursday for sure. Uh, No other real update that I saw, so might be out even longer than that. Who's playing Thursday? Is it Philadelphia? I don't remember. I think it is the Giants, yeah. Oh, my. 
I mentioned last week we need to pick up Travis Troy Fulgham, and you said you needed to see it for a couple more games. He's had three good games now. Is it time to buy in to Mr. Travis Troy Fulgham? I'm also a hypocrite because apparently I picked him up in three or four leagues and I actually started him in a couple of places because of desperation. I was like, no, I knew this was going to happen. It was a gene. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, this actually marks three games in a row because he had one before last week, obviously super explosive, but it looked like he had a good week the week before too, when I was going back and looking at things, they literally have nothing. Deshaun Jackson practices every week and gets ruled out by injury. Same with Jeffrey. I not. I have not heard any reports about Rager being anywhere close. They obviously have no tight ends. I was going to look. Goddard's been on IR for a couple of weeks now. I was wondering if he was getting close. I believe there was talks that he might be able to come back by next week or the week after. So he might be someone we'll be able to talk about tomorrow as a a way. The only only downside of Fulgham is going to be literally he's probably going to get whoever the Giants have that they consider their best. And I was reading, um, you know, yesterday's game, they managed to find Bradbury and put him on uh, McLaren and take him away. If they, that's probably what's going to happen to Fulgham, but he does seem like there's some kind of a connection. And if no Miles Sanders, no Ertz, no Goddard, no receivers, Carson Wentz Rich is probably Rogers. asking, why are you doing Well, Rodgers wasn't even the best tight end yesterday. It was Jason Crome. That's true. So, I, I mean, that's going to be a hot mess bowl in a matchup where the Eagles finally play a softer defense and having a having no offensive line may not matter as much. Also, Fox has got to be considering whether they dump that game to FS1 and just pull like a baseball game up for My Thursday bad. night football. Um, so we got Clear Lake, Adelanto, Commerce. I think San, Ber- San Bernardino. That's probably the best one, in my opinion. But these are all also the worst crime-rated places in California. That's all that pops up when I say worst places to live in California. So that's the next right. other one is yeah. Emeryville. So Marquise Emeryville Brown, because yeah. Or here's mine, Marquise Gilroy Brown, because Gilroy is the garlic capital of the world. It smells like garlic everywhere. Works for me. I don't know if he's going to be happy about that, but it works for me. On on Fulgham, I I still think you can play him. I mean, the the biggest thing is going to be is they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. And and Wentz was doing it yesterday, too. Against a good Baltimore team, they were still forcing him the ball. He was – it didn't look pretty at times, but he was still still making some plays, gets the touchdown. He ends up coming through for you at this point, I think. There's nobody else. I mean, he made Greg Ward viable last year. So we said the same thing. I, I would go. I would oh. go full. Them and be pretty, pretty safe, or feel at least decent about it. Did you see the report that just came out? No. What Even happened? though the NFL said the Titans really didn't do anything wrong, it says as the COVID audit ends, they're facing team fines. No. How can you both do nothing wrong and face team fines? Because it's the NFL, and they don't do anything right. That's how. Uh, so Bears Panthers, right? That's what we're game we're on next. I really want to talk about this other game. We don't have to. So you, we we're right. New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles is the Thursday night game, and I cannot imagine a sadder matchup. That's all right. It just means I get to go to bed early Friday, Thursday night, which is fine by me. Steelers blow out the Browns in this one, thirty-eight to seven. Baker Mayfield is that negative five points? Because I wouldn't doubt that it's negative five points. <laughs> But no, no, he just he, gets you he five. Got five. 
He got you five. Five points. whopping points for Baker. Hey, he's interception maker. Well, that's not saying much. Kareem Hunt, seven points. Landry, seven points. Odell, not going to be a Brown much longer, four points. And Austin Hooper, 10. I mean, I, I want to say just throw it out just like I did week one, but I mean, I, they, don't, I don't. They've been very good as long as they're not playing the Ravens or the Steelers. So here's the thing. And someone made a point about this, and I find it very interesting and wonder how much truth there is to this. Baltimore and Pittsburgh play a very unique style of a 4-3 defense that brings a lot of pressure on the (laughs) offensive line and the quarterback. They mix up coverages. Not a lot of other teams do that. And as you just pointed out, we have not seen them struggle with anybody else. That also being said, Cowboys defense, horrible. Now, I do think Washington and Indies are decent, not great. I think they're probably more middle of the pack, both of them. Baker struggled at times versus both those, but in the end still had a good game. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, whatever that saying is. Like, this was not a good game. It was bad. Baker looked bad. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Odell. It looked like kind of a couple years ago, Odell with it's on the sideline and everything threw his shoes off was walking around in socks before the game was even over i thought maybe they pulled him but then if you go and look at the field if you go back and look at it jarvis landry was still out on the field so did they pull odell did odell pull himself there's gonna be a lot of talk about that this week yeah they should shots of him sitting over there kind of with baker after he got pulled yeah, he. I don't know. I didn't see this. Baker got they pulled because they were worried about him getting Baker hurt. Baker got pulled because of his injury. It had nothing to do with his performance. Now, granted, you could tell me it was for his performance, and I still wouldn't disagree with you. But uh, I wouldn't say it's totally not his performance. But at some point in time, you live to fight another day. If you know yeah, you're right, not that's win, what I'm saying. You're that's... not going to subject. Might as well like Case Keenum get and it. Yeah. Case Keenum did not he start in better. the quarterback controversy. No, he did not. He did not look any better. Well, no, that's my point. Is they there was a lot of talk when 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 it happened that oh they pulled Baker because he's looked bad. No, they talked about it. They talked about pulling him even the drive before that, and then he took another big hit. And at that point, they were already down thirty-one-seven. It was like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. We saw that yesterday with Aaron Rodgers. We saw it the week before with Buffalo. And now, granted, there was only like a minute left on the clock, but. There's no point in sending your player out there. The game is just over. because they knew you only needed three points from Josh Allen. I'm the game's sure. over. There's no point. Baker was, I mean, ah, did Baker play good? No, he did not. But Baker was taking some shots in that game. I mean, there was some points where he was just getting nailed by defenders in the back front. The offensive line that was the worst game the offensive line has played. All in all, I am saying I'm not going to take much away from this game. I will say at the end of the at the end of the year, I believe it's week 14 that they play the Baltimore Ravens. So the week before the playoff, get all your Browns. Don't play them. I, uh, I know why they're saying Mark Ingram won't miss a game. The Ravens are on a bye week ah, in week seven. They come back sense. against Pittsburgh week eight. Gotcha. That makes sense. But yeah, so. I'm not reading too much into it. You're not Baker's not getting benched. Don't go out there and pick up Case Keenum. I I am honestly a little bit worried that Odell might get traded. But outside of that, it's one of those things where it it was a really bad game. Still four and two. You're still tracking to be in the playoffs. It hurts from a division standpoint and a seeding standpoint, but 
Oakland doesn't look like an easy win anymore. Cincinnati this week doesn't look like an easy win anymore. There's a lot of games that we all viewed as these are games that Cleveland should win that don't look that way anymore. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, here's my thing. I, I said this on on Friday's podcast tough. with Dennis. I and I did pick the Browns to win because I can never not pick them, and it's going to kill me. But I said on the podcast Friday, I honestly. Um, I do think that they're going to lose the game, but I there's no such thing as a moral victory. But if they prove that they can play Pittsburgh tough, it'll make me believe more in this team. They didn't do that at all. Like the score is not, and I hate to say this because I said the same thing about the Baltimore game. The store the score is not indicative of what the game looked like. Pittsburgh controlled the game for the most part, but their Brown, the Browns defense played with Pittsburgh. P- Big Ben did not put up good stats. All in all, this team. They actually stopped, for the most part, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh on third down looked bad. They had a couple broken plays that scored them touchdowns. All in all, the Browns' defense played great. But the Steelers' defense against the Browns' offense made that. Uh, Mike Tomlin said it best, and I agree with him 100%. We played, like the J- we played like the varsity team out there. They played like the JV team. And he is dead right. The Browns' l- offense looked horrible. I don't want to say the defense did. I got to give credit to the defense. I thought the defense played phenomenal yesterday. With the turnovers Baker gave them, and they kept limiting them to field goals. Kept putting him in bad positions, still kept limiting the field goals. Two broken plays get him touchdowns. They scored 14 points on turnovers. All in all, that's not a the defense played good. The Browns offense is shit right now. I need him to correct it against Cincinnati. And it's probably not going to happen. On Pittsburgh's side, Big Ben, 10 points. James Conner, 17. Juju, just two. Chase Claypool, 18. James Washington, 16 points. If you listen to Mr. Fox here and you grab Chase Claypool instead of LaVisca Chanel off the waiver wires, which I hope he did because, yeah, LaVisca didn't do nothing this week. Is Claypool the best wide receiver for the Steelers now? Because I personally do not think so. I think it's still Deontay Johnson. If you go back and look at the snap shares and targets before Johnson got hurt last week. Johnson was still the guy. I do think Claypool has clearly asserted himself more than Washington and Juju, which is very surprising to me on the Juju side, but I think it's Claypool Johnson moving forward. Yeah. I I mean, I, I think I like Claypool the best because they're manufacturing touches and they're doing, this is second consecutive week. He's gotten a rushing touchdown. Um, even when Johnson's going good, we haven't really seen that from Deontay Johnson last week though, or was it? Yeah. Was it last week that he got hurt? The reason he got hurt was because of the same play that Claypool almost scored or that scored on this week with the rushing touchdown. It was an end around play to Johnson, but he got hit in the backfield by two defenders, one in the front and one in the back. And I think that's what ended up hurting his back. Cause that's right when he came out, they've got him some, that's where, like, I get Chase Claypool has been amazing, and I have no doubt that I think he's – like, I legit think he's surpassed what happened. It was a big pass to Diggs, and I thought he was going to hit the goalpost. Oh, that bad? Damn it, Josh Allen. No, I, I mean, you no, know, he didn't quite catch it, but he was so oh. – I guess it's not as bad as it looked like from the reverse. But from the side angle, I was like, is he going to go face first into the oh, bottom God. of a touch- yeah, touchdown, that would be touchdown pylon with a guy on his back? I think from what Claypool showed the past couple of weeks, and if you go and look at like the the targets and everything, like Juju got four targets in the game. So I, I think Claypool has clearly surpassed those two. 
But I honestly think with the way they use Johnson hasn't produced like Claypool. I'll say it that way. But if you go and look from game one to when he got hurt, he was leading the team in targets with everything. So I still think if Johnson comes back, which they already had their bye, so they played this week, right? This was supposed to be their yeah. bye week. I think yeah. if Johnson comes back, I still think he's going to be the guy, but Claypool is worth starting every single week now because of what, not even just them manufacturing touches for him. His size, speed combination makes him a deadly weapon for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see when Johnson comes back. It just, to me, it seems like they like what they have in Claypool and they're going to him. I was going to look at their their game splits. Let's see. So Claypool has had uh, three games with 15 or more points. Two of them were the, the last two. And he had Deontay Johnson. I think he's only had the one had good game. Week two, when um, Claypool also had a good game, he had 23 points. But aside from that, I don't. You know, he had 23 targets the first two weeks, but then uh, week three, he had two targets, no receptions. Week five, well, week he got, got injured. Out. No, That's week five's when he got knocked out. No, that was last week. No, week three, he got the concussion. He got knocked out in the middle, like the first drive of the and, game. So then why are they? No, Phil, against Philadelphia, he got knocked out. So which game was that? Week four? That was week five. We just did week five. This is week six. Yeah, he didn't play this week. He was out because of the back no, injury. That's missed- what I'm saying. He in week three, he only had two targets and no receptions against Houston. He didn't know he got the concussion. That's the one he got the concussion. Okay. He got a concussion in one game. I know because he got me a big fat. He got me a point five in that game. Yeah, probably because you must have target points because he had one target but no reception. Yeah, and I was like, you got to be kidding me because I, I started him in my flex and I ended up losing that week by two. And then I know, so then it was against Philly. Yeah, that makes, the Philly game was one that he did the end around and got the hit in the back yeah. and they pulled him. And he, yeah. I he know did. for your for your trade futures, you need either him or Harris or preferably both of them to come back to life. I'm just not 100% sure that that's going to happen. I think Johnson's still going to be good. I thought that before I made the trade. I actually told someone today I think he's a a great buy-low candidate. If you can buy him now because of the way they're using Claypool, I honestly think they're going to use Deontay when he comes back, if he can stay healthy, though, because I'm honestly worried about that now. Uh, next up, Bears-Panthers. The Bears went 23-16. to Nick Foles, 16 points. The worst 5-1 and team in the league, I might, might want to add on there, too. David Montgomery, 13. Allen Robinson, 10. Cole Komet, 10. And Jimmy Graham, 8. I mean, not much to say here. I guess, in all honesty, I'm continuing to get more and more worried about David Montgomery. I mean, me and me and Dennis talked about this Friday that this was the game he needed to come through with the matchup, and he still couldn't do it. He's a low-end running back, too. Allen Robinson has a high ceiling, but also, unfortunately, seems to have a low floor with, with Foles. I mean, I, that's there's not much to say. The Bears are what they are at this point in time. At least you have, you know, you're probably still starting Graham, uh, given the tight end situation, Robinson. Montgomery's best asset going for him is he doesn't have very much competition. So, yeah. 
On Carolina's side here, Teddy Bridgewater comes back to the pack a little bit with nine points. Mike Davis as well with 11. Robbie Anderson, 11. And DJ Moore, 14. Uh, just kind of the first bad day for Davis, although there's a lot of talk that CMC will be back next week, so you might not be able to use Davis much longer anyways. Is this just kind of one of those games you're just you're just kind of tossing out? I mean, Robbie Anderson's been good. Teddy Bridgewater's been surprisingly good most of the year as well. Yeah, I, the you know both if you played Anderson or Moore, they were okay, but not spectacular. Uh, Bridgewater to me is still at best kind of a low end quarterback too. Um, it was the bummer was Davis probably his first kind of an eleven and a half is not terrible, but a little bit. A little bit lower. Their whole team struggled a little bit. The Bears have a good defense, though. Um, it does make me wonder, you know, Carolina has two with uh, Tampa Bay, which has a good defense. They still have to play the Saints, which have a good defense. So they're not going to be able to get away with uh, get away from some of these better defenses in their own uh, division, too. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them moving forward. I did like that Moore got 14 points, so it's getting a little bit more and more involved. Me and Dennis kind of talked about him Friday on if he could if he could slowly start to bounce back, because he was a guy a lot of people were high on coming into the year. The the only one that seems truly lost is Curtis Samuel, and also all the people that had hopes that Ian Thomas was going to break out, because that doesn't really seem like that's... Poor, poor one out for my buddy Curtis Samuel. I was really high on him this year. That did not work out at Hey, all. you finished your water again, though, today. So I did. I left the cap on. I made sure now I just leave Dump it all. I've already got enough issues with this computer. I don't need to dump water on it and make it worse. Uh, Detroit 34, Jags 16 for the Lions here. Matt Stafford 12, DeAndre Swift 27, AP 12, Kenny Galladay 14, and TJ Hawkinson 9 points. Me and Dennis mentioned it that we thought this could be the coming out party for DeAndre Swift, which means absolutely make sure you bench him this week because Adrian Peterson is going to get 30 carries for 30 yards and uh, DeAndre Swift's going to get one catch for five. What do you think about the Detroit Lions moving forward? I mean, they were coming out of their bye. Jacksonville has been pretty friendly to opposing running backs, uh, which could have factored into it a little bit. But I was encouraged by the usage. It seems like they were giving Swift a chance and he was making a lot of it. It's only his fifth NFL game, yeah. you know, and they didn't get preseason either. So Peterson's not going away, but it, it was encouraging. I, I would say it was encouraging. What seems to be lost, the, it's just a matter too of they didn't have to throw that much yeah. in this game. They threw to Kenny, you know, and they got a touchdown there for Gala, or for Hawkinson, which kind of bails him out. Did something good just I, happen? No, it's on commercial. <coughs> I just don't see an unbelievable catch thing. I'm confused at why they tweeted that now. Oh, maybe I missed it before I went to commercial because I was no. actually looking at stuff. Um, you know, I just consistency. We haven't seen yeah. a lot of consistency. So I was encouraged, but. Let's hope they can keep it up. I I do have the same fear as you, though, that, you know, Matt Patricia was from that Bill Belichick school of, hey, you were great. I'll see you in three weeks. The one positive I will give for DeAndre Swift, I posted a thread about this earlier in the season on the way that Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel have used their running backs, and I talked about how when Carryon Johnson first came on, it was LeGarrette Blunt for the first four games, Carryon getting a little bit of work here, and then they had that one game where they were almost 
equal in carries, which would be this one right here, Peterson 15, Swift 14. After that point, because of how good carry-on looked, they went more to carry-on. Now, as you mentioned, in that scenario, LeGarrette Blunt was still involved, but we saw his carries go lower and lower every single week. I think next week, I'm hoping if they continue that same trend, we'll see the same thing. Swift will get uh, maybe four more carries than Peterson, and it'll continue to move that way a little bit. The one thing I do think will work in his favor even more, like you just mentioned, they did not have to throw it that much this week. When they have to throw it, we know that Swift is the guy that will be out there. So if he continues to get a little bit more carries, and then when they get in those games where they need to throw the ball, I think Swift is, in my opinion, and I guess I could, I will be proven completely wrong by this point next week, more than likely by Matt Patricia. I do think by this point in time next week, we will be talking about Swift has solidified wow. himself as a firm flex play every single week. I must have missed the touchdown pass because now it's 10 7. Oh, okay. Well, hey, but I'm assuming 10 7 is in Bills are winning 10 7. So that's. Yeah, the Bills. I'm going to look real quick and see who scored. I hate that my satellite's not working. I just want to watch this game. Well, also, if you're doing your job and you're podcasting, apparently, you're like, did something happen? No, it's on commercial. Diggs got a touchdown. Diggs, okay. Jacksonville, Minshew, 18 points, Robinson, 15, DJ Chark, 11, and Keelan, mother effing Cole, 20. Jaguars are now 1-5 and five and back in the race for the top pick. If they get it, is Minshew safe? I say no. I think Minshew yeah, has been no. phenomenal. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are, like, transcendent prospects. I, I don't think Minshew's doing anything to lose him job outside of some of the picks he's throwing now. But, I mean, you just... I mean, there was talk earlier today that Marone might be fired at some point in time this week. I, I just don't see how they're going to. Yeah. My, my thought is, you know, with the Gase and Marone thing, I don't think they're there next year. But honestly, at this point in time, those teams are pretty cleared out. I would think they're playing for high draft picks. Keeping your uh, the coach you have might be the best. I mean, Adam Gase's quote today was incredible. He, they asked him if he was giving up play calling and he said that would be step 10 we're only on step two now yeah what the actual f step 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 one must have been cutting levy on bell to make sure that he was not there i don't know but uh you know i i think whether it's jets giants i think you have to throw atlanta jacksonville Minnesota at this point, those probably teams that seem to be closest to trending toward the, the number one pick at this point in time. Yeah. If I was any of them, I'd probably take Trevor Lawrence because yeah. honestly you get there. We've seen even established guys like Matt Ryan, not exactly get a vote of confidence from his owner where they've already fired a coach. Kirk cousins gave himself a vote of no confidence yesterday. Minshew has been fine. They, they could potentially trade him to somebody uh, who wants to grab him. They could keep him as, you know, a fun backup. Yeah. He's not been terrible, but he's, I don't think he hasn't been a difference maker, I guess. Yeah. yeah he's not what Lawrence or Fields could be and possibly even Lance. I mean, he's not, he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. And when you have a chance to take one of those great quarterbacks, you don't take Baker Mayfield, you take Josh Allen and look where the Browns would be right now. That's all I'm saying. I'm just kidding, Baker. If you ever watch this, I still love you. I'm not giving up on you just yet, but I'm getting close. I'm not going to lie. Hey, at the end of this uh, game, it's very possible that Baker and Josh Allen have the same record, so he might. 
I mean, this same this season, this season, this, this season, year, yeah. not overall. Josh Allen's been phenomenal. Dolphins 24, Jets 0, Joe Flacco 5 points, Frank Gore 11, LaMichael P. Ryan 5, Jamison Crowder 11, and Brashad Perriman 10. Are you playing anybody moving forward? And I also don't know if you just saw the Bell news, but if you're a CEH owner, you are now dancing uh, for joy. The report has just come out that the Chiefs have come out and said they did not sign Bell to be their starter. Their starter is already on the team. So I guess CEH is somewhat safe. Still think Bell is going to eat into that more than people want it to, but that's just what was reported. Anyways, Jets. Yeah, well, since they need CEH to play tonight, I would I would tell him he's still the starter too. Next week, you can tell him to to the bench. You know, that would be fine too. Um, Crabber. That's it. I think I mentioned this earlier. Crowder from both New York teams is probably the one that I feel the best for because he's getting targets and at least in PPR. If you were in standard, I don't know that you want any of the Jets, but PPR, Crowder seems to be uh, the most stable. Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to move him in a league right now. Uh, my team is just it's not going to it's not going to win me anything. And someone offered me a first and a second for him, and I think I'm going to take it because yeah. yeah. Uh, that, yeah, well, that's a lot for Crowder too. I mean, well, he's like, contending, like fine, he's contending and undefeated. And I think he wants to have that. He has no depth outside of his starters. So I think he's looking for depth. And I mean, it's going to be a t- the 12th pick. I mean, he won the league last year. So I imagine he's going to do it again. Uh, I mean, I thought Michael P Ryan looked okay. He's a guy that we've talked. I've talked about the past couple weeks, maybe a worthwhile grab to stash on your bench, depending on how deep your bench is, especially if you need running back help. Uh, I mean, he was right there with Gore, I think, in carries. What was it, 11 to 7? Yeah. So, I mean, and P-Ryan P- was out there for more snaps. Yeah, I mean, he was he was looking okay. The, the one bad thing for him is this Jets offense has just got awful. So, I mean, there's yeah. only so much he's going to be able to do. But he might be someone that's a worthwhile, like I said, stash on your bench if you need a running back because I think he could end up getting the starting job. And I just don't think Bell was the problem with the New York Jets running. Oh, no, I agree with you. He wasn't. So it's going to be tough for you know either of those guys to do, especially, man, I mean, behind Joe Flacco, they're definitely not, not lining up. And the Jets don't have – you know, I like Crowder fine, but he's that kind of under and slot receiver. Maybe if Mims ever can be healthy enough to be active on a game day, come back. you'll you'll get something that can stretch the field. But right now, you know, you don't have a great offensive line, and you don't have any reason for the defense to be playing ten yards off either. Yeah. On Miami side here, Fitzpatrick, 16 points. Gaskin, 16. Devontae Parker, 6. Preston Williams, 9. Mike Gusecki, that big fat 0. And Adam Shaheen, 14. Uh, it was cool to see Tua out there. He got a couple plays in that one. I'm sure everybody's seen the picture now of him sitting out on the field uh, after the game was over, FaceTiming his parents. That was uh, pretty cool to see. Miami is actually a contender at the moment with Fitzpatrick, who has been looking good. Do you think that we will see Tua at all anymore this season? In mop-up roles, I think, um, you know, or maybe at the very end, if if the Dolphins are tracking to a seven and nine season, they've been better than I thought they were going to be. They're playing really well with Fitzpatrick, actually, and their division seems well. They're above the Patriots in the standings. They are actually in a contention with seven playoffs. You know, if you can be at or above 500 you can be in the 
the quest we thought you know some of these seven seed teams are going to be nine and seven uh teams so i i think from that standpoint they wanted to redshirt them if they could and there isn't there isn't like the compelling cincinnati cleared the decks so yeah. new borough was going to go in tyrod an unfortunate injury and once you put Justin Herbert in, there's no reason to take him out. Miami is actually, ironically, in a better situation than that. They don't need to play him. It was cool to see him out there, get his feet wet. I think they talked about it a little bit. They would like to find these opportunities to get him a few snaps where there's not a lot of pressure so that he can kind of build into it. Um, oh, CEH just had a uh, nice run, but there's a flag, so I'll see if it stands. Uh, but you know, I, I, we probably will see him. Oh, I was on Kansas City, so goodbye touchdown. Uh, I think we will probably see him at times. I just don't think, you know, until we get deep in the season, unless Miami goes on just a horrific bottoming out, um, that yeah. we will see him. Yeah, I mean, I thoroughly surprised by Miami and Fitzpatrick. I, I don't see any reason to go to Tua why he's playing the way that he is. I mean, you might as well just keep the offense rolling. Uh, are you worried at all about Mike Kosicki? I mean, obviously, I, I made the jokes about it earlier. Adam Shaheen, and I should have looked. I forgot. Two weeks in a row because Shaheen got a uh, – you know, Gasecki got quite a bit of yardage last week, but Shaheen actually got a touchdown. Sounds, yeah. And early on, I was a little – Nervous up oh, and instead of CEH, we just get Travis Kelsey again. And and Smythe, I don't know his first name, is the other tight end who also. Yeah, I think it's Patrick Smythe. It says D Smythe. I don't know who. Oh, well. see. Derek, Damian, David, Durham Smythe. There we go. That's exactly that's the right. actual name. Durham, yeah, Durham Smythe. Yeah. He was Travis, the other tight end. Travis Kelsey just got another touchdown. I took it. Oh. You were playing against him. I am not, thankfully. Uh, was trying to trade for him, though. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. No, 14 to 10 now. Uh, so I, I did a little research into this, and Mike Kosicki was out there on the field, actually, more than Shaheen and Smythe, but for some reason was just not getting anything. And if I you look at it, really Shaheen and Smythe only got their work down in the red zone. So I don't know if it's one of those things where they fought, they just pulled Gasecki out because he got tired or what, as they got down toward the red zone. And then it just happened. Cause there was the one, uh, well, it was I, play action. I, play I heard that they found out that you played Gasecki and That's they were like, true. Because they, they, they really like are Hayden Hurst truthers and they were mad at you for that decision. So I can't, Brian Flores was like, screw that guy. I'm taking his tight end off the field. So, I don't know. Sorry, I was crying because you said that. Um, no, so Gusecki, they did. He did have one of his targets did come in the end zone. It was a play action pass that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw over his head. So he he like just almost missed catching it. I I was watching that and I got all pissed off. And then of course a play later, I see a big white tight end catching the ball in the end. And I was like, let's go. And nope, it was Adam Shaheen. And I was well, and you know, what's interesting though. So Miami obviously made the trade to get Adam Shaheen and we tended to kind of blow that off in the off season, but we are seeing him getting involved and getting, and you know, he may not, I like, I don't feel great. I wouldn't start Adam Shaheen. I had to but actually it, place yesterday. Cause I had no idea. Oh, you benefited, benefited from that. With uh, my other tight end was Chris Hernan. It's a uh, tight end premium, and I just happened to have Adam Sheen yeah. 
and my other, I can't well, remember who the tight end was. They were on by this week. Yo, Jared Cook. And I was like, you yeah. know what? Let's go Adam Shaheen. I got to throw somebody in there. So I, it may just end up being a thing where it just takes away some goal line opportunities for Gasecki. It does seem like he's still probably the, the tight end between the twenties. Yeah. But like yesterday, they didn't, they didn't need that. Gaskin was running good. They were getting, um, didn't Devonte Parker got banged up, right? I saw him come out of the game. I think that's why he had a little bit of a lower Preston got another, he seems to be getting touchdowns. He's like on the Mike Evans. You guys should just ask me to trade everybody. He's um, on the Mike Evans uh, 2020 plan where he gets you one catch for three yards and a touchdown every week. The one, the one fear I would take away if you own Gasecki is what you were just touching on there. And and I remember when they brought over Shaheen, the reason I didn't worry about it if I was a Gasecki owner was because they said they brought him over to be able – because of how good he was blocking. He is a phenomenal blocking tight end. Well, that's exactly – He's blocking Gasecki from getting touchdowns. He is fulfilling not that yet. blocking role. Gasecki is not known for his blocking. Shaheen is. So I think when they get down into the red zone, that's why you'll see Shaheen down there more often than not, which could lead to him getting those touchdowns that Gasecki didn't get, as, as you just mentioned. Kelsey times two. All right. Yep. Buccaneers Packers, a game I thought was going to be better than it was. Bucks win this one 38 to 10. Rodgers, three points. At, uh, Aaron Jones, 13. Devontae Adams, 12. MVS, six. And Bobby Tanyan, five. Bad day for the Packers. We just kind of tossing this out. Are you worried at all? Nah, I'm not really worried. I'm kind of tossing it out. I did apparently make a mistake. The Chiefs uh, shanked the extra point, so it's 13 to 10. Waiting up. The broadcaster's curse, as they say, right? You had to, you had to bring that up, and then they ended up missing yeah. it. But On the uh, yeah, Green Bay. I mean, yeah, Rogers had two point five seconds to think about things. On Tampa Bay's side, Tom Brady fourteen, Rojo twenty six, Chris Godwin nine, Mike Evans two, and Robert Gronkowski eighteen points looked good out there. Yeah. Are we? seeing Gronk emerge is he becoming is he going back to the Gronk that we used to know in New England yeah and I think he might be benefiting a little bit because you know Howard's gone now um and while Brate is a decent receiver and we saw Brady use him I think Gronkowski has a different skill set um you know part of the reason we always thought OJ Howard had a different skill set would be better than than Brate and he has chemistry with him it uh, one of the announcers talked about yesterday with Gronk having been off, uh, you know, for a year and he and Brady working into a new system. It's taken him a little while to build that chemistry back up, but it certainly looked like yesterday it was that kind of old connection looking for him in crucial moments, doing some of those big plays. Um, so could could provide an added depth and element. Um, unfortunately, yesterday seemed to come at the expense of uh, – Mike Evans and uh, Godwin. 49ers Rams. Uh, 49ers win this one 24 to 16. Goff 14 points. Henderson 9. Cooper Cup 4. I'm sorry, Robert Woods 14. Cooper Cup 4. Tyler Higby 8. Gerald Everett 5. Is Henderson still the best play in the backfield to you? I think so. You know, Akers was basically non-existent yesterday. They they are rotating Brown in, but Henderson's been running good. He's putting up some decent numbers and seems to be the the kind of first option there. But, you know, we'll have to see. 
Yeah, I still think he is. I mean, me and Dennis talked about this Friday, and we've talked about it before. It seems like this offense is just – it's not easy to pick up for a rookie. I think that's why we saw Henderson struggle as much as we did last year. Now he's had that year in this offense. Akers has been hurt, still trying to learn the offense. I think, as I said before, and I'm going to keep saying it, I think Henderson's the guy for at least this year for the most part. I think Akers might come on more next year once he gets a better grasp of this offense. On uh, San Francisco side, Jimmy G, 23 points. Raheem Mostert, 9. Jarek McKinnon, 4. Debo Samuel, 18. Brandon Ayuk, 9. And, of course, Georgie Kittle, 23. Jimmy G looked better. Maybe it was just the injury that was bothering him the week before. Uh, Mostert does get hurt in this one as well. Are you buying back in on the San Francisco offense? And they certainly looked a lot better. You know, and you, you thought they would get going. It seems like Samuel's getting healthy, getting into it. Ayuk's getting kind of into a groove, and Kittle's really good. You know, based, after what he looked like last week, Jimmy G looked like a completely different person, so maybe he did just need more time to heal at, and get into it. He looked a lot sharper. It's been interesting to me the last couple of weeks, too. Their running game's been real uneven. I know Mostert was going good before he got hurt, but we have seen Kinnon basically fall way back to earth to the point where I wonder when Tevin Coleman comes back available, does he end up taking his role back? Oh man. Good old Tevin Coleman. He's another guy. Scott Fishbowl. Also do something. It was interesting to me. It had been Jeff Wilson kind of as mm-hmm. the next man up. It looks like they went straight to Jermichael Hasey. Last yeah, night. it'll be, I haven't seen – have you seen anything on how long Mostert might be out? I, I thought they were saying that he tried to – I know he tried to come back in, and they couldn't. I, I would imagine with him trying to come back in, he likely won't be out maybe a week. I, I would uh, think he'll be fine. Yeah, it's just a bummer because, I mean, we finally get him back going. Because I feel like he missed two games after week two. Yes, he did. Let's see here. Let's see if they have anything posted. All right. Well, while Matt is doing that, I will start running the the rundown here for the show. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, We will recap the Bills and Chiefs and the Cowboys and Cardinals game. Uh, And then says an ankle injury, so no real, no timetable, no real timetable. I would guess we'll get somewhere probably closer into the week. Ankle doesn't seem that great. I think it was knee last time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But we'll, I guess we'll, we'll find out more. Yeah, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. I will, we will be back tomorrow again with we're recapping the two games. We'll talk waiver wire targets as well. If you have anybody going tonight, I hope they pull off the win for you. Just I'm predicting. You. Uh, I'm predicting two touchdowns at least for Travis Kelsey and one touchdown at least for Diggs in this game in this first Sounds Monday night. Sounds like a safe bet. Bold predictions. I hope they come through for you. Now I need a. My biggest thing, and I don't think it's going to happen. I need I need Zeke Elliott to outscore Kenyon Drake by eleven points tonight. I don't feel like that's going to happen. Oh, so. that should happen easily. Except for that Dallas defense is one of the worst against the run as well. So I need uh, Kenyon I Drake to hurt. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel great about I it. I don't know with Edmonds and Kyler Murray. Hey, yeah, from, from I mean, your lips to God's ears. I'm hoping. I'm hoping because I need this win. I need to go to three and three. I cannot go to two and four. I cannot do it. It's going to make me very mad. I'm breaking stuff over here. All right. 
We will be hanging. I forgot my freaking thing doesn't work. We will be back tomorrow and enjoy the games. We'll talk to you guys later. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle him at the point of the line. Who can make a play?